0: guys and welcome to another episode of Breakdown the Wall with myself James Keane. First of all just want to say I've had some great feedback from the first episode so thank you so much for everyone that's been in touch, everyone that's shared on Instagram and their story and liked the post and things like that. I really do appreciate it guys. Um, So as I said thanks so much for that. Please continue to share it with your friends so we can reach as many people as possible. So on today's show we're going to speak to Chris Ferry. Chris, tell the listeners a little bit about you, your hobbies, and your job, please.
1: So, a wee bit about me. Well, I am a gym owner. I um, operate a gym in Motherwell, and I, I, I I, I find it really bizarre to call it a gym now, because I feel over lockdown, it's like transformed even more i always say it's a community but like now more than anything i feel it is 100 percent just turning into a, a big community um so yes i'm technically a gym owner and an online coach uh my main thing is i'm a dad so that is my most important thing. So yeah, that's about basically me. Man of many talents. <laughs> my many
0: talents like a Swiss army. <laughs> that's one way to i I'm sure you've been called many things, mate, but that'll I've been called worse, I am just being polite about myself. Now, so. <laughs> nah definitely. Um, so obviously the last year, right? For for somebody like yourself who's basically is self employed, got your own business and stuff like that, must have been a massive challenge. So, what would you say has been the, the biggest challenge during the last year? I've,
1: well, it's, I always look at things like, it is, a, it is a challenge, but like I always say, it maybe sounds really bad, but through the whole lockdown thing and the whole COVID, I always say to myself, this isn't the worst thing that's happened to me, so... If I can go over what happened to me before, then I can go over this, and that's the sort of mindset I've tried to have all the way through this. And the same with my wife. Um, don't be wrong; it's absolutely shite that it's been a business owner during this time. But at the same point, if anything has made me grow, has made me, has made me grow a big set of balls regarding like my business, um, my coaches. Um, it's made me realize. I've always realised how tight a, a membership-based, well, I wouldn't even say membership at all, 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 it's basically, all your, like I said before, like your community, but it's very, very overwhelming when you see how much they support you and how much, mm-hmm. for instance, the gym, in the gym and the gym facility, everything basically means to them. So during this whole time, um, I, th- I found it very difficult with regarding... Um, the same as all gym owners, hemorrhaging memberships. Um but in the same aspect it's not through badness MD's left, it's through natural things like they're not they're not using it. They're not using it at all. So like I mean if they can't justify it, they're they're not using it and at the end of the day somebody could be on furlough or they're getting furloughed. It's understandable or they've been injured or mental health issues, anything at all. But was I was actually talking to this somebody today and they were like, oh, I bet you've been stung by hundreds of cancellations. See, to be honest with you, like, I could actually count in one hand the amount of people who have actually just hit cancel. Like, see, everybody's cancelled to us, they've wrote us such a lovely message. They basically say to us, look, when things open, back, I'm coming back. But at the moment, I can't. So mm-hmm. I, I found that difficult. But at the same point, um, I've understood um, what's happened. So if anything, I've looked at my sort of business and meant right, how do we pivot this? how do we move it because we can't, just, we can't just sit there and wait for COVID just to end uh, or otherwise my gym's going to shut. So what can I do and what can I do to help all my members? And that's what we've done. So I had a funny feeling that Big Bojo was going to lock us down. And um, I'd already started working the week before, two weeks before, on a whole online platform and rolled it out to my coaches and said, this is the plan, this is what we're going to do. And they were all that, like, right let's go for it and that's what we did and i, I did it and it, it went great it went <laughs> down the park everything was trained away and then the restrictions started getting tighter and tighter i was like right okay we kind of go to the park right let's flip it again would we'll use zoom how the fuck do I use zoom? you zoom know i mean and it was like what do we do here i had um, a girl does project management um, she came in she was sat with me and she's like look i'm going to show you how to use them show me how to use that and that's what we did just done my workouts at the back, <laughs> and done them um, anywhere I basically could. And to be honest with you, some of the things I absolutely loved was my daughter seen seen what their dad did. Uh, they, they, knew, they, knew, uh, they knew their dad like ran a gym and stuff, but but like, like, so, like she is only like she's only one so she was just like trying to stand and model about it. But Sophia was like loving the fact that like, she could join in she could see me she could see the workout she could listen to music and um, look like, sometimes when we're doing zoom i'd be sitting there trying to coach and she'd be in the background dancing and it was things like that and i'm like time, i'd never get this time back and this is just absolutely like, right okay one scenario my gym trip the other scenario i'm like look at all this time i'm getting with my daughters look at this time i'm getting with my wife and it was brilliant and then it was just a whole furlough furlough and your coaches uh, i had to furlough my wife <laughs> i mean it was like uh, i mean it was like i literally came off the phone to my accountant and my accountant's like "Ah, martin needs to go and furlough lauren needs to go and furlough and i'm like i'll tell you can tell, Laura. I, <laughs> tell her. But, I mean it was but it was like he's like this is going to, this is the only way we can save your business this is what we need to do mm-hmm. and it all of a sudden went the 10 10 maybe more coaches and admin to just being back to one man band Fairy Fit that it was basically ten years ago. So it was uh, things like that. But at the same point, I, I had um ten years of experience. I've always worked with like body weight. I've done I started off with a medicine bowl and a set of cones. So to me, um uh, flagging me into a zoom class with nothing or somebody coming to me and going, I've only got a tinny beans, that's fine. Like one mm. more got a 30 minute workout in it's fine for me. So I've basically that as well, and the whole uh, just adjusting, just constantly adjusting. That's the thing I found very difficult. It's constant every time they come on, pivot your business. How do we do that? Oh, great, pivot your business, pivot your business. But luckily, I've always got a wee trick up my sleeve, so I'm always thinking ahead. To be honest with I'm always thinking. This is this is the worst case scenario. They're going to come out with the day in this meeting. Um, so, what is the worst case scenario that I'm going to need to do? Right, that's Plan A. That's Plan B. and That's Plan C. When we roll it out, I just go back to my notes and I'm like, "Okay, don't need to use that one. I can go to that one. Right, Okay, let's move with on this one and try that. So uh, right, that's what I've been doing.
0: See, see, the thing is, it sounds like you've you've had a lot of things ongoing the last year, and you've had a lot of, of, of ups and downs, and you've had to put plan B, C, and D obviously to put practice right. But what have you done to to cope with that mentally? Because if for any, anybody out there that kind of a, has to deal with that. And it's not just a one-off. Like, let's be honest, right? You guys and sort of having your own business over the last year, it has been absolutely horrendous. Um, no just anything to worry about for on your life or anything for like that at all. But what have you done yourself to, to, to cope with those pressures? Uh,
1: oh, I found it. I found it hard. I mean, I found it extremely hard. Um. <clears throat> the things i've started doing like walking walking really helps me so like uh, i used to do that before i had the girls um when i was a pt in the Arctic, i used to when i was stressed out i used to put an audio book on and i'd walk for miles i mean i'd walk like five ten miles like no bother and just come back, and it just I just got lost in an audiobook, and that's what I would do, and that's what I started doing again. By chance, um, eh, it was actually Sophia downloaded Audible on my Amazon, and I was like, What is, what is Audible? And why am I paying for this? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I realized I was paying for Audible, and I was like. Well, it's just a sign so I, I need to get some some books again so but the point i realized that i'd been paying for it i'd banked about three four books so <laughs> um, i started downloading download the name again and uh, so going walks other things i started doing uh, meditation i use calm um, i find that really good for me going to sleep um it just sometimes it helps me unwind i'll be sitting which is a very very bad habit I, i'm trying to work on it and switching off um it's just trying to like go right you know what it's eight o'clock that's it no more phone time no more laptops but something to operate the business during this time you're like right i need to keep going here mm-hmm. which is bad but at the same point it's not forever so i'm just having to do stuff like that. so yeah going a walk is where I'm a bit and working out working out really helps my head uh be it joining my zoom class be it just disappearing in the gym myself um cycling I, I, I love cycling so uh, uh, road bikes and uh, mountain bikes uh, i do stuff like that 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 really helps me during that time and to be honest with you like i was eating switch my phone off, flinging it away and uh, just play with my kids
0: brilliant because uh, you obviously we need to get in right? i think everybody's in the same sort of boat where everybody's the amount of walkers out there right now is unbelievable so <laughs> many people that start to take, <laughs> take up walking and running it's like brilliant. it's 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 it's, I- it's all goodness
1: i know it's great i mean i was cycling on sunday sunday morning i went out i mean i'll just get out quite early and i went out and it was insane Mm -hmm. and all my routes i was doing like i like jumping off going on the grass going off all different bits of my mountain bike i was like what is this it was like it was actual carnage i felt like i was playing a computer game i was having to dodge everybody people weren't moving i was like i can I'm actually just gliding here for a while and then I was oh fuck this I'm getting on the roads and I don't mind going on the roads anyway and I just had to jump off and go on the roads I was like, this is mental but I as you say everybody's out like walking um, people are taking up running a lot of you like you see, a, a lot of it's is good this is great because what I love about it is is people weren't people weren't moving enough anyway and now they're moving more and when they come like they're, they're all they, they want to they want to touch a bar, they want to touch a dumbbell, a kettlebell again. And the thing I like about it is they, they appreciate they appreciate it now. They appreciate that the kit that was there. They appreciate everything that was there. They maybe appreciate the the classes, the group situations that they could put in. Because they'll be like, walking is usually on your toes, but it's supposed to be there now. So the whole um, people connection, I, I feel, has grown stronger and stronger and stronger. Don't get me wrong, I, I feel it's going to have some people who will be like, uh, I don't really want to go back to like, seeing people for a while, whereas you've got other people who just quite happily come up and lick each other's faces straight away the minute they get their drag. I'm actually one of the people, so I'm totally up for it's it. It's a standard classic fairy fit
0: then, isn't it? Aye, so it's just
1: uh, lick each other's face, man, that's it. <laughs>
0: no, brilliant. So, now obviously the talk about the last year, Obviously, I've known you for a good number of years now and um, enjoyed being part of the gym and the classes and stuff. Like that. It's been brilliant. And exactly what you say, it is a community. Um, and, and certainly from what you've built over even the last sort of three four years, I've been part of it, but certainly from what you've built from that. And as you say, go back 10 years, you've overcome many challenges. Mm-hmm. Is there one sort of big challenge out there that you've had to overcome mentally um, that you just came right out of left field?
1: Aye, uh, uh, been diagnosed with cancer mm. is without a doubt just um, I, It was a sucker punch I was not expecting, and it pff, I, I would never, never wish it an MD, and I'd I'd never wish uh, a MD hear the words uttered to them. It's just the most horrible, horrible thing you could ever imagine. But with the same aspect. It's it's made me grow a lot, and it's made me think a lot, and it's made me. I was always appreciative of anyway, but I, if anything now, like, I, I you've no idea how much like my family mean to me, like my like I just they mean the world to me, and they always did, but like, it's everything's emphasised. That's only way I can describe it. Like smells smell stronger, colours feel bright brighter, feel to see but you see colours brighter. It, you just you appreciate people for who they are more and it sounds really like oh a dairy fairy but you genuinely do because when you get told that and you don't know anything and you don't know well so basically when i i went and i um i ran i ran tough murder in 2017 and when i ran that there was an outbreak at e coli so i was like all right fuck's sake so after it um about one for that after it, i was like oh i'm getting these crazy stomach cramps like my stomach was going into spasms i was looking pregnant i was like what is happening here so i went to my doctor and he's like oh blah 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 and then he, to be fair he's usually an absolute wahoo the guy i went to i was actually raging i got home, and um, he was like oh you, what you'd say, you saying you in that tough murder? And I went, Aye and his eyes lit up because he was a he must like OCRs it which totally surprised me and he was like, By the way, do you know there was an outbreak E. coli E. coli? Right? And I went, Oh well, aye, aye, I do and he went, We'll go and test you for that. It's probably that and I went, All right, cool. What do you to do anyway? Just go for some blood tests. Rent some blood tests and um about a week later he came back and they went, oh, you don't have E. coli? I said, like, Right, okay, what do I have? Went, we don't know. Um, it could just be something like um, you It could just be, you could be. I don't know, gluten, gluten intolerant. Or dairy. I was like, right, okay. So they didn't really give me any answers. So obviously, with my education, like my training, my background, I just stripped my eating apart. So I took dairy out. Did it work? No. I took gluten out. Did it work? No. And I kept stripping things apart, and I'm like, this is not working like what is happening here so being a guy I, I guys are guys guys are like i'll go back to the doctors i was like i'm gonna go back to the doctors so it was june and it came out the january mid january wow. and Laura's, like, "You like to go back by the way like because i had like a base layer on over christmas and she's like look at you and i was like training like a demon but i had this wee belly and i'm like what is that why is this belly here like what is it and i was swelling up that so anyway i went back and um, I said to him, and he's like, right, okay, so he says, look, the only suggestion is, I need to send you for a scope, i oh, you're having a laugh, so I was like, right, okay, then, went for a scope, and uh, the doctor was there, and he went, oh, you've actually got, like, it was called polyps in your bowel, and I was like, all oh, right, and he went, actually, quite a few, and I was like, right, okay, he goes, oh, I'm learning your notes here. You don't drink fizzy juice you don't drink anything like that and i was like no he's like you don't you're not bad eating i can tell you're framed you're not a bad eater and i was like no um and he's like right he says so i've cut out as many a lot now it's actually quite a lot so what i'm going to do is get you back for a second appointment and we'll do that so it like, sound And you get that camera with my Mars. i was like I was <laughs> just fucking end this now right Wait, this conversation's happening while this is going on <laughs> i mean so um so it came back and it was a uh, father's day and so this is how far it went into. Uh, I went back for my second appointment, and it wasn't my normal doctor. the surgeon that was doing it, it was this woman doctor that came in, and my stomach went into a spasm during it. And she's like, "This shouldn't hurt," and I'm like, "I am in agony," and she, like my whole bowel was like spasm, and my stomach was just cramping. She's like, "This isn't normal. I'm going to. I'm just going to end this. Just now, I'm not even going to do it." And I was like, "Right, okay." Um, because I'm going to book you back for your original doctor and you let him get a look at it. Fine went back he came back he started doing his usual cut out the pops and, that, and he says "So there's one sitting really bizarrely behind your bowel. um do nothing nothing really i would concern about though he says what i'm going to do is send you uh this the female specialist doctor in glasgow where it's sitting i'd rather she done it and then that'll be it like, cool and um he says but i'll let you know when i get the results back then it was two weeks later and he got the result Back and it was a monday morning i always remember it it was a monday morning and my mum going do you want me to go with you my mom i'm 34 i don't know you well i'm 32 at the time so i'm 32 i don't need you coming to the hospital with me she's said, like, no it's because it's early on i don't like the sound of this why is he why is he getting you in so early and i'm like because he's busy i was like look i'm fine laura was in the gym that day so that was that and i i just drove up myself and um everybody was wanting to go with me i'm like why do you know what to come with me said is ridiculous so anyway <laughs> i went and i sat in there and the do- uh the nurse came she went uh the doctor's uh just finished an operation he's going to come out and i says look i'm off today i says i'm not actually on your shift today I says, i'll just go home and come back she went okay give me a minute she came back and she went no he says yeah, he doesn't want you to go anywhere so could you just stay where you are and i was like hmm, mm-hmm. why is he not me to go anywhere so then i started going why, what? this is a wee bit weird so I sat there and then finally came out and he came in and he came in with a nurse and the two of them sat down and I was like alright and he's like so remember I was telling you about this what I thought was a pop sitting behind your bowel and I was like uh-huh he went well it's not he's like eh, Chris you've got cancer and I was just sitting there like and see the way you feel like you're, you're just I was sitting there and I was like I was it? Like, no, I've no, not. Was like, How? 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 I was like, how? I was. Like, I'm fine. I says, I'm. I said I'm getting weak. Out stomach cramps. Doing it. Like, how? And he's like, Chris. I'm not gonna lie. He was like, totally. Like, see that way that you knew even he was in shock. Yeah. And end, he was like, he's like Chris. I, he says, I, I Honestly, he says, it's came to a massive surprise to me. He says. Where it's sitting, um, he says, This is what it is, he says, That's what's came back with the biopsy. And I was like, All right. And I just sort of looked at this nurse to go, like, as if, Can like, okay, you go and tell me he's taking the piss? And um, she looked at me and he went, Oh, hi. And just to let you know, Chris, this is Eleanor. Um, she's now your cancer nurse. And I was just sitting there, like, Pfft. I said, Fuck is going on here, and um, it literally just went through, that. I just remember sitting spinning my wedding ring, spinning it and spinning it, and um, he so it was he was talking to me. But I wasn't listening, and he was telling to and he went, look, I think you should maybe come back, maybe bring your wife up with you, um, and we'll talk about more. Um, and he said, I'm going You could tell, you could tell I wasn't listening, and he's, like, I'm going to leave you, with Eleanor. And uh, Eleanor was talking to me, and I was just sitting there. And I was like, I didn't cry. That was a weird thing. I thought it would have been like a pure emotional wreck, like bursting came But I think there was so much, I was so much shot. I didn't know i believe it. And then I remember her saying, Right, so what we're going to need to do now is we're going to need to get you doing a, a CT scan. And I was like, Right, okay. And she's like, Do you know much about this? And I was like, No. She goes, Be honest with you, we don't know if this cancer's anybody anywhere else in your body so it could be it could be more so i need to take you down i'm going to get your ct scan just now if you feel comfortable with it and get the results back even sooner and i was like I, that's fine and she was talking to me and i remember just following her and she was talking to me and it was just i wasn't listening and she was sitting there and i just sat and people tried to, talk to me and i was just no listening and then they took me and scanned and then she said right you can go home now and i'll give you a call back in the next couple of days and i was like you not give me results now, and she's like, No, I can't. She goes, It takes a couple of days to get them. And I remember going home, I had to drop my van off at the panel beers because I'd, I'd bumped it. <laughs> and I drove back, dropped my van off, and I just walked and I walked back to the gym. And um, I remember coming in, the Laura was just finishing Moz, and she just finished Moz. And uh, i text my sister, Kirsten. Um, she's one of our coaches she's a sports therapist so she was one of our coaches as well and I was like can you come down and let Laura away and I'm going to take her for a coffee and she's like aye that's fine and uh, I went down and Laura's finishing more and all the wains were all coming out and all that stuff so everyone was dead like happy and uh, I'm like "Oh, how are you doing guys and like I'm just putting on this fake thing and then they all went out and Laura's like it's easy later and she's just doing cleaning the mat and all that where all the wins were and she's like well how'd you go on so when are you going into Glasgow then get this sorted, and I was like, "I was like, I've got cancer," and she just she was like, "What?" And then I said it again, and I just remember I falling on her knees and just I, I couldn't console. I, I had no answers for her. I had no answers. Like where where was it anywhere else? Like what was happening? What was the next process? I, I had nothing. I didn't have anything, and I just I just I, I just felt useless. I just felt standing there useless because I was just like I can't tell my wife and then my sister came in and then she was like oh what's up and then I had to tell her and she said like, it can't be you, how can it be you Like, wh- how could you have it and I'm like again felt useless I was just standing there and it was just and then it went from that that was, that was one of my ha- that is my heart, one of my hardest things <laughs> uh, it's up there I can't, I, I, I can't out from that I don't really want it so. <laughs> right, so that, was, that was my hardest thing and then telling my mum and dad um, was because my mom when I went in, my mom's like, "What's up?" She knew the minute I walked in the door. And um, Laura went, "I think we should want to sit in." You could see my mum go, "What's up? What's up? Don't, don't tell me. Don't tell. No, it can't be." And then my mom's like, "When it <laughs> my, mom's, my mom my worries what way the wind blows." Do <laughs> you know I mean? So, but when we sat in the couch, my mum all of a sudden just became so strong and just was like you're going to be fine though. like, you, you are going to be fine, I know you're going to be fine, like, and it was just, there was nothing, that, and then she'd phone my dad take him home, my dad's like, well, there's something. is there something wrong, mum's like, I think he's just come home now, and my dad came home, and I and I don't think anybody had, nobody could tell my dad, and I, I knew I had to tell and I, I, I remember sitting on the couch, and I'd say I, I to my dad, I was like, and I, I told him, I was like, I have cancer, and I just burst out, crying like that was the point i just burst out crying i was just like i was crying obviously it was with laura but like i I was just i don't know because you're just i mean it was just my dad gave me like the biggest hug and like my dad's not a huggy person and i just i just felt like i was just like i just didn't know what to do and that that was my hardest thing it was just horrible Horrible, horrible,
0: horrible men. You you are like I mean, I'd say you're probably one of the most positive people I know. Like everything you, you always do, like in the bright side of life, even we spoke about it earlier on in terms of lockdown, like you, you seen the, the, the sort of the positive outcome of it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. See with something like that though, mentally what did you do? I mean, like when when you've got your wife there crying in front of you and, and obviously that's an upsetting thing at the best of times, right? Mm-hmm. You then your sister is upset your you're to tell your family and your dad and stuff like that. Like, I mean, know you say there, you feel absolutely useless at times. But looking back, was there anything in particular that that you could share with? with was it that you you done? Is there that one thing that you've looked back and you say that's what got me through that, or was it was it a combination of things?
1: Uh one of the things that really um, helped me was my friend Ross. And my friend Ross, I worked with Ross and Slaters, and I, I've always I, I love the guys. Guy amazing, and Ross Ross was about forty seven, and Ross was dying with pancreatic cancer, so he was one of my closest friends, and I remember going to them, going to the, I'd been te- we'd been texting, I'd been going up and visiting them, like in his house and stuff like that, and then. He knew I had my appointment, and he knew like, I had like, this other appointment I was taking, Laura. So he didn't know, was but then he texted me, he was like, he says, oh, Ross, I don't, I was supposed to go up to see him that day. And I was like, mate, I'm not going to go up to see you. I've been in the hospital, be a bit longer than they expected. expected, um, but I'll come up and see you next week, buddy. And it took me hours to text him, and he just wrote back and he went, what's up? And I was like, and he went, don't lie to me, Christopher right and i was like uh, and i was like uh so i text him and he'd he phone me and he's like you know he texts me and then I, I didn't i didn't have the bottle to write him back i didn't know what to write back to him because i'm like he's dying he cancer, he's dying of pancreatic cancer i'm getting told they can get rid of me they've caught it quick enough but there's going to be like all these things that i need to do in the process there, so I, I then felt this element of guilt that uh, how dare how dare I go to him with, with my, my problem? How dare I go to mm. him with my problem? And um, I always remember him saying to me, "I'm the I am the one person you should be speaking to." And I was like, and he, I, was bit, "I was like, Cause I was like, look, look, and he went, and no, he goes, I am the one person that can understand what you're going through." He says, "But you have light at the end of the tunnel." He says. I am only going to be here for another couple of months, he says. So, if anything, you should be speaking to me. And I this, and I was like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry." And um, I just remember sitting. I remember um, coming back in my van one night, and it was before I was going from I was going my operation the night before. I was it was, the, it was the night before my operation, and I was sitting in my van, and he texted, and um, he's like, he, he says, "How are you feeling?" And I was like, "I don't know," because basically, what they told me was that I was getting a a temporary stoma uh put in which I mean to MD I mean there's a, there's nobody gonna want that. Uh, but um I fought and I argued against it but the option was I always remember the surgeon saying to me, Look, you d 'cause that you need a stoma and I says, well look, you can fuck off. <laughs> I says I'm not getting a stoma, right? And they went like that chris you need to get a stoma he says because if your bowel leaks like and it's just going to cause so much damage he says so it's only a temporary precaution i went is it temporary though And he just buttoned me up here i says because i'm not fucking taking a stoma i don't want a stoma and then he went look i'll be honest with you then chris if you don't take the stoma out the bowel uh, where the cancer's sitting is going to go from there and it's going to go into your liver once it goes into your liver it's going to go into your pancreas and i always remember him saying to me like um i just stopped and I just stayed silent and I'd went white and he went, You know something to be pancreatic cancer, don't you? And it was Ross. And then and he went, Well you know what happens then, don't you? And I went, Mhm. And he went, Well, and I went, Just give me the fucking stoma. No, I mean, it was like, just give me it Um and that was the thing. So when I was the night before my surgery Ross phoned me and he said, like, You're gonna be fine. Look, this is gonna be it's only time. it's not for long, that'll get reversed, you're gonna be back, you're gonna bounce back for this. I know you, and you're gonna be stronger than ever and you can do this like you've got your wife you've got, you've got laura you've got sophia you've got a whole future ahead of you he's like so like just do it, and he was just amazing and um i go off the phone and you're like right i can do this and it was the next day so ross really really helped me um and it, like, laura i'd just the lost about her do you know what i mean i just i would be and that's just a genuine thing it's uh i just could, i could not have got through that without her but when you ask for like, things, some things that got me through it, um, there was one story that got me through it, right? and it was the most random, random story ever, right? I I was going in, right, and I had to say it to Sophia, so Sophia was like two, two and a half, like, three. right? So uh, I said to her, I was like, look, well, you've got a wee boy, so you know it's like, you've to go away, and you're not going to see them for a period It's time. It was, it was hard, man, It's really hard. So I was like, look, Daddy's going to have to go away for a couple of days maybe a wee bit longer i said But i'll be back and um and she just sort of looked at me and she was like are you going to fight the baddies now this came out of nowhere right and i was like eh, uh-huh and she went "Ah," oh, but you'll be back and i went uh-huh and she went are you going to go and meet your friend spider-man and i went uh-huh i'm going to go and meet spider-man and she went oh she goes right she goes so you and spider-man are you going to fight the baddies and then you'll be back and i went yeah and she went, Can I come and see you? I said, Well, we'll see. I says But hopefully, dad will be back soon and I can just come back to the house and get you. So, anyway, we come off, when I come up with operations, Sophia come up to the hospital because I just didn't really want to see her with all my troops and all that. Right? So, once I wanted to get to hide the pencil and we moved into like another ward. And I moved into another ward. Laura said, How did you, it's up to you. She goes, I was like, It's up to you. I said, See how she, she was, well, she's asking for you all the time. So, I said, well, what we can do is bring her in and see how she copes. So most of my troops, and never out. I had, like, your cannula never been like normal. And she came up and she was just like, like, as if, like, what's, what's happened to my dad, eh? Right? And I was like, and she came up to me and she was like, did you beat them? And I was like, what? And she went, did you beat the baddies? And I went, oh, and she went, and she was looking at me, I was like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I said, it's just, it's just scratches for the baddies, I, says, well, I, says, We're really, I said, they're really good, I says, yeah, but there's a lot of baddies, right, and she went, but they're all gone, I said, they're all gone, baby, they're all gone, right, and she was like, and Spider, and Spider-Man, is said, okay, I went, oh, Spider-Man's fine, I said, Spider-Man, he's got a couple of cuts and bruises, like me, I said, he's with his, uh, his kids, and she went, and she's decided Spider Man's got a wee boy. She goes, Is Spider Man's wee boy going to see him? And I was like, Yes, going to see him. She's like, can I, Can I meet him one day? And I went, Oh, you can meet him one day. I said, she goes, If you fight anymore, I said, I've got one more fight. So my other fight was to reverse just took my bag. And she's like, "Are right, you're okay. But you're okay. And that was it. And that was the one thing that got me through it because I was just like, I do need to go and I, I did beat the baddies. And um, you call I did have one more fight and I knew I was, to, I was going to win that as well. And ever in my head, I was just like, I am going to do this um I'm gonna do this for them and um I did and then I keep I think there was loads of you th- and on my anniversary I had um i no longer the operation so that was must have been we'd opened the gym in October, the gym side I got diagnosed at the beginning of October um so I disappeared so basically opened the gym and then fucked off <laughs> and, then, and then I had my operation at the end of October and then our anniversary is the twenty eighth of November so i would no longer at the hospital and laura took me for dinner at our wedding venue and we went there and i didn't want to go i didn't want to go out or anything like that but so laura and sophia were all told on her side so you might look beautiful so we went and laura drove and we drove into the venue and we sat there, and i was like oh, this is murder like it's like just been out i wasn't comfortable with my stole my bag i was dead like, paranoid like family was looking at me and she gave me a, she gave me a present and i was like I was raging because i was like we're rude i was like why are you doing this <laughs> like, give me money why are you going to be a present? i was like, I was like oh i'm so sorry i said like, what you had us is that and she's like, i didn't expect it.' And she goes this is just a wee just a wee thing it's a wee special gift for you and she gave me it and it was like a like a box and i was like oh jesus what she bought me here because i'm going to feel terrible here and then i opened it and it was a pregnancy test and she was uh, pregnant and she was pregnant with Lucia. so that was like that again just made me know that i was just going to i was going to get no matter how i was going to have a roller coaster, but i was going to get through it
0: and all you could think about was that wasn't that expensive that's brilliant so obviously over the years of fit, you've, you've done a lot for charities over the years right so loads of different charities it's never just the one sort of specialist subject or anything like that raising money and awareness for lots of good causes, right? What makes you do that as a person? Because obviously, not, I know it's not just you, right? But it is your business, and I know it's the wider team and stuff like that. But what what made you want to do that to begin with, and what, what drives you on to continue doing that? Because I know for a fact, sometimes you can have sort of some fundraising nights and you do the same thing every second year or every third year, and it becomes a bit lobotomous and then you ask people to do the same thing over and over again but what mm-hmm. gives you the drive to, to kind of like continue to do that
1: I just I just love, I just love it I don't, I, there is like I, I love to give back and I don't really believe in I believe in karma and I believe in if you if you are good to somebody I know good will always come back to me and if now I know more, if I, if I can put more Good into the world and more positivity into the world and help more people. Then I will never forget all the people that helped me, and that was the thing. And I we, we done our first one years ago, and it was doing motherwell miners, and it was for a girl in the gym in an Aquatech and she had uh, she had a brain tumour, and I always remember my manager and his wife and. I was like, I'm going, to, I'm going to do a charity event. It was. I wasn't necessarily for the brain. It was it wasn't for brain tumor research. Right? I wasn't saying that. i was just. I'm going to do a charity event. We raise money, and I just, I just, I just wanted to do a charity event. I had this idea. That I wanted to do a charity event, but my thing was, I wanted to bring people together. I wanted people to help, for instance, like a bowling club or a motherhood miners. I wanted that to be helped because they're small wee businesses that are. They're, they're going to die off if people don't invest in them in things like charity nights and functions I was like, that could help that, cheap booze, everybody will get together, it'll be a great laugh and when, does, when do you really get to go to a good party unless you're sitting going, come on when it was my, when I was obviously younger it was like, come on, 21st or something like that you were always waiting for something like that so I wanted to get people together and I thought we could have fun like old games like musical chairs and that and just bring a bit of happiness back and it shouldn't always be like you train that's it you only train and there's no fun it should never be like that and that's how i done it and then it was all of a sudden the girl in the gym and i remember saying well it's you no. Know, it's that's, that's obviously just totally understandable where we're going to go from here we, we do it for that we do it for that charity and we did it for that one and it went amazing and it just it was insane and then the following year i had the bug i was like i need to do that again i, I loved people telling me how much fun they had and how much they enjoyed it, and I was like, that's great, and I, the other thing I, uh, I loved was knowing the charities were getting that bit of help, and I always remember, it was, it used to be, it used to be York Hill, yeah, um, and, but then I always remember when they get, and it was um, York Hill, and what's the one in Airdrie, again? St Andrew's Hospice, St Andrew's Hospice, so we did uh, York Hill and St Andrew's Hospice the second year, and I did that by myself, and that was I obviously not by myself like you see I had like a TV people like Laura and Stephanie and Julia it's all by the way just like you know it seems to always be Laura, Stephanie and Julia and Julia and Stephanie now know that they are the runners during the night Laura's cousin and my sisters Nicola and Kirsten they always know that they're the runners on the night doing raffles they usually just say go, what do you want me to do and then yes so um, we did it for St Andrew's Hospice and I remember going to St Andrew's Hospice and the girl telling me how much it cost for them just to run in one day and I was just like She's that people don't understand. And I was just like, oh, Jesus, I, 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 I didn't. Mm. And after that, I just started going, do you know what? Working in the gyms, some charities touch somebody and some life. So once we started, uh, as Fairy Fit evolved, it became a point where we went to our community and going, right, I'd like a vote, but more like, tell us because it could be a chariot there that we don't know about that means something to you so what would help you and that's what we did and that's how it grew from things like Chrissy's house it went to like um the haven it went to like all these different ones and it's like it was very bizarre and one of the bizarre ones was my nurse sent me to the haven when after i came out of hospital and I couldn't cope, I couldn't cope being there, Um, because I remember being there, and I remember sitting in the room, and it was with a counsellor, Um, and it was supposed to, exp- and I remember looking round, and I seen the door I went through, and her turning round and saying, probably wasn't the best thing to say right now, but she turned around and says to me, "Um, it's weird to have you in here, because we knew you as the guy that raised money for us, like, mm-hmm. just last year, and I, I was like, i said oh well i said at least I say, at least i see how the, how the money's getting spent like, I, just, I haven't tried to joke it but after that I, I never went back to another appointment it wasn't because of her it wasn't because of her in any way and she was lovely at the event and even as is honestly an amazing charity it was me i i couldn't i couldn't deal with it that's my own issues yeah and um they were lovely they kept chatting up me they'd send me messages they send me wee sense, like it was like common sense they do all of that and it was always polite I was always like, all right is that another make- oh i'll try and make it but i was always just politely declining because i just was like i couldn't face it but i and that's the thing with the charities now we've just grew so close to them um we've got such an amazing relationship with we know Chrissy's house amazingly well um we we're, we're so close we build cancer uk if it, i'm sitting on the board with the scottish government now is their sort of like sort of speaker with regarding sort of like um scopes and like sort of it? Like, i literally sit there with surgeons and doctors i don't really say much for me i don't <laughs> say much i just sit and um, the Beatson were really close to them but the Beatson was really close to me because of how good they were with ross and i was i was lined up to vote the Beatson luckily okay. i did not need to go but i knew how amazing they were with my, my friend and everything they did for him like i remember being in uh glasgow in the, the big new York hospital with him and i phoning him just to check out how he was just to see how he was yeah. getting on and i'm just like wow do you know what i mean I was like that's that's over and above like, what they had to do and i'm like that's it and that's why i've just you know, always been every time like the, be- the beats of notice this year in not to uk and they were like Idea what idea and I was like whatever use what I do I'll up for anything and that's why and it's been amazing for everybody to get involved now it's, you don't need to do it you guys always just dive into it you just dive in headfirst before you even know what you're doing which is amazing so I
0: good stuff okay um, if one of the clients did come to you tomorrow for example right and opened up that they were struggling with their mental well-being and their mental health stuff like that what what piece of advice would you offer to them
1: talk always talk um and it's, it's happened a good few times in the gym um where people have messaged me and that's that's a big thing it's that's why the coffee bars there. everybody thinks it's for like it's not coffee bars there for people to talk and that's what it is it's for people to open up it's for people just to vent. it's for people to come down the many people that we get coming down just to have a coffee I mean you've got the option you, you went to starbucks or costa i mean obviously of course coffee's far better but like <laughs> that's the thing and that's the one thing i'd always suggest to people and that's always i always i don't force them into it i don't i always just say to them so one girl would wrote to me um and she says to me um i don't i don't know what to do um you can really She wrote. she was really struggling and i just wrote to her and i says just to let you know look i'm on I'm on shift these days um and I don't have anything in. Um just to let you know I'm down here, if you ever want to have a wee chat. And I didn't tell her like when to come, nothing like that. I just says and I said, You come down get your wee coffee and your wee protein bar. Know what I mean, I said so in the house and they... then one day the buzzer are went and, and she came and she sat down. The gym was quiet, it was one of your quieter times and she, and she came, she sat and I was like, then people started coming in, so I just took her into the studio, and we just went a wee wander, and we just sat. It was actually sitting like on like the jet blocks, or like the benches, and we just sat, and I didn't say it, I just, just let her talk, and that's what she done. She just sat, and she opened up everything, and the following day, she came back to her class, and it wasn't a case of, like, she, just was, like, she just felt she'd opened up. Don't be wrong, there was still, obviously, waves up and down, and that's the thing I found with a lot of people, is when I'm locking up at night, there's always somebody hanging about. They just want to have a chat, and I'm not a, I'm not a life coach. I just fucking would hate to be labelled a life coach. That I mean, but I'm not anything like that. I just, I just love I love people, and I I love to see people get the best out of themselves. So that's the one thing I would always say. To somebody is don't do what I done. I bottled it up. I bottled it up to the point where my wee girl was constantly contacting and saying, "Daddy, you okay?" When I was like it's mental mate it was just like unconsolable crying for no reason like no reason it was just I just feel like, unconsolable like nobody could calm me down i'd just disappear up to my room uh i remember my dad dad's like what the fuck happened to you what is up and i was like i just had no answer for him and that's the thing and i remember laura saying you you need to need to need to talk to somebody and i was like "No, no i'm fine she's like you're not and I, was, and I remember phoning my nurse, and my nurse actually says to me, I've been waiting on this. And I was like, and she says, we knew you'd bounce back, all your operations, bounce back for everything. But we knew it'd be your head you would struggle with. And I was like, mm. and that's what I would, so that's what helped me. And that's what she told me to do, and that's what she made me do, and it worked.
0: And uh, no, I, th- I think you're right. So, see, sometimes, and it's, it's the one thing that I've learned is, We've all got a set of ears, and I said it in the first podcast. But there's a difference between hearing someone and actually listening to someone, and they don't have to even talk to you about how they're feeling or about anything else. See, they just come up and talk shit to you about something. Sometimes, generally, I see ten minutes of talking shit about their day or, or work or something you don't even know have to know anything about. That can make people so much better. Just talking, 100%. just talking shit about things, you know. Um. Okay. Brilliant. So. Last wee bit is ten quickfire this or that questions. We are oh. absolute belter at the end. It could cause a wee bit of controversy. Um, oh, fuck. So, are you ready? All
1: oh, right, here we go. Right, number one. Right.
0: Right. Pepsi or Coke?
1: Oh, Coke.
0: Coke. Tesco or ASDA? Tesco. Runner or walking? Walking. Friends or Big Bang Theory? Friends. Working can Aquatech again or another lockdown <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, if I could go back to Aquatech six years ago um, the way it was then I would go back to
0: Aquatech uh, you, you've <laughs> fucking <laughs> pussyfooted about that one anyway um, tonics, tea cake or a camel waiver?
1: Uh, tea cake chicken or beef Oh,
0: beef. Mm. Android or Apple?
1: Apple.
0: Pineapple or tuna on a pizza?
1: You're a dick. That <laughs> is like, that is like a, that is, fuck you, yeah, that, that is like a no-win situation <laughs> for me. Um, I've never had tuna on a pizza. I don't think I would even eat tuna on a pizza. I'm going to go pineapple, mate. I'm going to do it.
0: Mate, I used to work with a boy, right, and but. One night, we're ordered, it was night shift, it was when I was younger, and we are all the pizza on a Friday night. Like, ah, right, cheese, ch- chicken tikka, spice, chicken, whatever else, right? And he's like, tuna. And I was like, ah, I'm no phoning up an Indian to say that I'm going to get tuna out of my pizza. He's so got to laugh at me. Like, I was only 19 at the time. I was like, ah, he's fucking trying to take the piss, but no, I tuna and a pizza. <laughs> That's stinking, man. Oh, yeah, you sat yourself that night.
1: <laughs> Aye, if you I'd just fire
0: him. <laughs> Last one, mate. Right? right. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie?
1: Of course it is. you sure? Aye, it's 100% a Christmas movie. It's Christmas, there's Christmas <laughs> decorations, and there's a Christmas tree in it. So it's, it's, <laughs> That's it's, good it's, enough, for you? Christ, it's a Christmas film, mate.
0: <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. right? That's us, mate. So, it's listen, us. that's us. Aye. Listen, I really appreciate your time. Um, just want to let everybody know, give yourself a wee, wee plug of the gym, uh, your online PT, and where it's based and stuff like that.
1: Oh, it's so. You want to go on fairy fit we're on all social media platforms because we are big social media girls. but um you can go on instagram or facebook maybe when you go on it like it but also go on chris underscore and that is where all my online coaching is and also let James see the videos and other wee bits and bobs <laughs>